0: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will
0: Ruffles' ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty?
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finsider Radio. This is Matt Kanata. I am joined by Joshua Houts. The 2020 Reese's Senior Bowl week coming to a close. The practices, at least, the Senior Bowl game will be this coming Saturday. Lots to talk about as far as draft prospects go. The talk of the town is the quarterback position. Justin Herbert, by all accounts, putting on a spectacular show. Jordan Love not far behind. Jalen Hurts coming in and probably dropping his stock a little bit. And then, when you look at those three quarterbacks plus the two that were not there in Joe Burrow and Tua Tonga Vailoa, that is where we need to shift our discussion to eventually after we talk about the prospects that we're practicing this week. We're also going to touch on the fact of the report from Ben Albright of the very own Pro Football Network, where he mentioned that the Dolphins will be focusing very heavily on the offensive line in both free agency and the draft. While some people commented that they thought that was not news, uh, it kind of is news, and I know it's kind of obvious that the Dolphins are going to be targeting OL, but also there are countless, countless mock drafts, and I know everyone I've read has the Dolphins targeting a running back, particularly DeAndre Swift in the first round of the 2020 NFL draft. What Ben is implying is the Dolphins, which he's been reporting that they will be going after Tua, will also then be focusing on the offensive line to protect him when he begins to play and not necessarily a running back or an edge rusher or a linebacker or a cornerback. It sounds like it's going to be a very, very heavy focus on the offensive line as it should be. But first, let's circle back to two quarterback prospects, Justin Herbert and Jordan Love, Josh. And, and I think. You know, this is an intriguing conversation, right? Because there's been so much talk about Justin Herbert. The talk last year was that had Justin Herbert come out of school, had he not returned to school, had he entered the 2019 NFL draft, there would have been a lot of discussion about him being the number one pick in that draft. Now, I think it still would have been Kyler Murray based on Cliff Kingsbury and his connection to Kyler and the offense that he's more suited to run. But After that, I think it would have been very interesting to see what would have happened and I think it would have been particularly interesting if You saw the Miami Dolphins in some way shape or form Get involved in that and even I want to drop it back further, right? Because had he come out of school the Dolphins have spent a ton of time on Herbert, and some analysts say I forget who some analysts say that. They've spent more time on Herbert and with Herbert than anyone in the entire NFL and we all know that Mike Tannenbaum He has publicly stated his love for uh, Justin Herbert So it would be have been very interesting Had the Dolphins knew Herbert was coming out for the draft not returning to school Would they have kept Adam Gase and Mike Tannenbaum? Would Adam Gase and Mike Tannenbaum have been able to sell Stephen Ross the fact that hey, we're going to do everything we can to get Justin Herbert in this coming draft and he's going to be the quarterback that we build around and he's the perfect quarterback for my system. So I think the fact that he returned to school put a lot of other domino effects into play. We'll never know the true answer, but I do think that's a interesting uh question to ask ourselves. But going yeah. back going to go ahead
2: I was just going to say, I mean, I know the report that you're mentioning, I think it was Matt Miller a Bleacher Report, said that the Dolphins spent, you know, infinite time with him, more than any other team, and that is a good question that you ask, because, you know, Mike Tannenbaum has been on record as saying that Justin Herbert would be his quarterback one this season. Uh, we know how much Adam Gase, like Josh Allen, a prospect that I do believe is very similar to what Justin Herbert does well, and I just, it, it just... The biggest question for me is this. If someone didn't go on Twitter and some of these experts and analysts didn't even mention Justin Herbert in the same sentence as Ryan Tannehill, would he still be this polarizing figure that many Dolphin fans have no interest in? I mean, by many accounts, like you said, at the Senior Bowl, he is playing lights out. I'm just watching it at home. I'm just watching practices what they show on ESPNU, and he looks above and beyond. You know, he looks to be hands down the best quarterback at the Senior Bowl right now. And you can sit here and say, you know, he didn't have a good season. Everyone can sit here and say, like you said, he would have maybe been the top pick. Probably not because Kyler Murray is the perfect quarterback for Kingsbury system. But Justin Herbert would have been, he would have got drafted before Daniel Jones, most likely. He would have got drafted before Dwayne Haskins. And again, he would have battled Kyler Murray for that number one spot. He went back to school to play with his brother, I mean, no one can sit there and, you know, fault of a guy for that. He, he's a, he's a team player. He wanted to go back to college to, to play that senior season with his, His brother, and it ended up costing him. I mean, he's not going to go number one. That's going to be Joe Burrow. He's probably not going to go number two. That's Tua Tungvaluas. So now you got Justin Herbert versus Jordan Love, and everyone sits here and says Jordan Love is at plan B for the Dolphins. I mean, do not be surprised, and I know people are going to absolutely hate this, but don't be surprised if Justin Herbert's right in there in the conversation because whether or not it was Mike Tannenbaum, whether or not it was Chris Greer, you know, whether or not it was Steven Ross, the Dolphins have spent infinite resources – scouting Justin Herbert. So to sit here and think that, you know, they went into the Senior Bowl not thinking kind of highly of him, that's crazy to me. And what he's done so far this week has been everything that he has been asked to do and more. You hear the Bengals coaches absolutely raving about the type of performance he's having. So, I mean, I'm not going to be surprised if he goes out there on Saturday and he is – Again, the best quarterback in this game. And he continues that throughout the draft process, you know, throughout the combine, throughout his pro day. And I do think that he is that prototypical size that you always hear. It You always hear how, you know, teams rave about the size of a quarterback. He is he is a physical specimen. He can run the football. He he has a rocket launcher of an arm. Okay, he's an introvert, some people say. I, I, I don't really – I can't sit here and speak on that because I've never talked to Justin Herbert. You know, I have just see interviews with him. But the Bengals, the coaches, the analysts, the experts around the Senior Bowl this week have spoke nothing but highly of Justin Herbert. Do not be surprised if he's on the Dolphins' radar. And you know Barry Jackson, he dropped a pretty good nugget earlier today. He said, do not be surprised if the first quarterback taken or the, is, or the first pick the Dolphins use on a quarterback is either Tua to Jordan Love, or perhaps Justin Herbert. So those are three names to watch out for. Three guys that are very much in play for the Miami Dolphins. If not at five, you know maybe they trade up, maybe they trade back. Whatever it might be, Justin Herbert is a realistic option for the Miami Dolphins. I think everybody needs to just sit back and relax because... Okay, he, people compare him to, to Ryan Tannehill. Those same people that are complaining about him being compared to Ryan Tannehill were praising Ryan Tannehill throughout his playoff run. I mean, you can't have it both <laughs> ways. So uh, to me, you just got to let this whole process play out. But if someone at one point did not put him in the same sentence as Ryan Tannehill, I think a lot of more people would have a, a much different perspective on what Justin Herbert does and how good he possibly can be at the next level.
1: I agree with that 100%. And the comp was made to Ryan Tannehill. I don't know why, maybe because it was pocket presence, maybe because he had the same uh, stature and the same physical traits as Ryan Tannehill. What other the reasons is I don't know, right? But when you look at the practice reports from Tony Pauline and Pro Football Network this week, here's what he said on Tuesday. Herbert looks phenomenal, displaying all the physical tools and leadership skills necessary for the next level. He was right on the money with many of his throws, and his past playment was off the charts. He made plays in and out of the pocket, displayed a next-level arm and great athleticism. His incomplete passes were more about drops by receivers rather than missed throws on his part. And when his receivers dropped the pass, Herbert was there to take charge. Terrific day by the Oregon quarterback. On Wednesday, he said it was another effective day for Herbert, though one could make the argument he was slightly better than yesterday. He was right on the money with his throws and showed terrific pass placement. I don't think Herbert had as many dynamic throws today, but he also had fewer errant passes and misses. Again, he displayed a good degree of leadership throughout the entire session. And then Thursday, the last day of practices, Tony Pauline wrote Thursday was another terrific practice for Herbert. While he probably had more misses Thursday than any other previous two days, he consistently showed the ability to drop the ball in the buckets and place passes where only his target could come away with the reception. Those are phenomenal reports. Take the name out of that, right? Take the name Justin Herbert out of that. And when you talk about the number one pick in the NFL draft or the number two pick or the number three pick or the number four pick or the number five pick, that sounds like a quarterback that you want on your team, right? If you just look at that report, if you just look at the facts from this week, if you look at the facts from the, uh, from the thing that you know he was in multiple different offensive systems, I believe, through his college career, I believe it was multiple. I know for sure that the offensive systems, what people are saying is that it limited him and it didn't bring out his true ability to shine. And then you look at just uh, Joe Burrow, a one-year wonder, basically, right? I mean, he, he struggled his first year starting at LSU. No one really knew about him. And then all of a sudden, when they changed the offense for him, he exploded onto the scene. Let's take a step back, right? Is Joe Burrow more than just a one-year wonder? Because if he struggled so much in the old offensive system he was in, but then went to a more spread and, you know, open offense. Is that going to consistently work in the NFL, right? Our team is going to be able to hone in on him, take that kind of offense away against really good defensive teams, and then he won't have an answer for it. I would not be surprised. As crazy as this sounds, right? As crazy as this sounds, I think that there could be talk Of Justin Herbert going number one overall and this is further confirmed by a report by Tony Pauline back in November During one of his mailbag sessions when someone asked him What would it take for Justin Herbert to be picked by the Bengals at number one overall and his response was the Bengals coaching staff falling in love with Herbert at the senior Bowl and by all accounts and purposes Herbert did everything possible for the Bengals coaching staff to fall in love with him this week, I would not be surprised. Houts, and then right, and then it's gonna be a gold rush up to the number two pick, the number three pick, the number four pick, and if there's not a gold rush, and the Dolphins could be sitting there at five, deciding between <laughs> hear hear me out, but deciding between Joe Burrow, Tua, or Jordan Love, that's how crazy this can play out. It's wild when you think about it.
2: It's it's absolutely wild. And I do think you're you might be onto something with Joe Burrow. I mean, I think Joe Burrow had by many accounts, you know, the best season for a college quarterback in the history of the game. I mean, what he did this year is just out, unbelievable. We know Joe Brady had a lot to do with that. He's now with the Carolina Panthers. I think it would have been wise if the Bengals had interest in Joe Burrow, which I do think he's going to be that pick because he's the hometown kid, because you know, he just has a different aurora around him. I mean, you can not have a prospect like Joe Burrow just land in your lap all that often, but you absolutely hit the nail on the head. Tony hit the nail on the head. I mean, if there was ever going to be one player to sit there and wow, a team, it would be Justin Herbert who the Bengals will have this entire week to coach. They're going to go out there on Saturday. They're going to see how he performs, you know, against very, very good competition. And I do think a lot of that offense that Justin Herbert did, did him. No wonders. I, it reminds me a lot of that Mike Sherman offense, you know, that the dolphins had there a couple of years when, when Tannehill first came into the league, you know, it was go, 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 go. You know, when they they said go, I think they were running the ball. When they said go, go, it was a pass. And they just go out there, and they they run the football, they run the football, and then they threw the football, and it was just so anemic. And you could kind of almost see exactly what Oregon was going to do. But, I mean, if Justin Herbert – and, again, I don't think it's going to happen, but if Justin Herbert were to go number one overall, that would just shift everything in this draft. And we can sit here, we can name off analysts and experts and and where these guys are projected – Every year, it is a crapshoot, and there is going to be, no matter what, a pick that absolutely ruffles or shakes the entire draft, and it could be that number one pick. I mean, if if it doesn't happen, I mean, then then what? You know, Joe Burrow is number one, like many expected. Now the Dolphins or whatever team needs to trade up for Tua Tungvalu, if that's the guy. I don't know that Washington is going to trade out of that pick. I think Ron Rivera would be smart to sit there and take Chase Young. That then opens things up at, I believe it's three, and that would be the the Lions. The Dolphins have to then decide what they want. Again, the Lions, I mean, they're sitting there coaching Jordan Love, and and maybe they fall in love with him. They have a big decision to make on Matthew Stafford, but if the the reports are true and the Dolphins, you know, they have Tua, Burrow, and Herbert all potential pick there. (laughs) I mean, they could sit there at five, and they could just wait for it to play out, but they, they have a lot to do. You know, Tua's medicals are going to have a lot to do with this. But Jordan Love, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, many people are trying to like, you know, he's being discredited for what he did this year because he had pretty poor numbers. You look back at his 2018 season, it was it was great, 30 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. He has a little bit of that Pat Mahomes to him. You know, people say that. They see a little bit of Josh Allen in him. Whoever you compare him to, I mean, he has that, you know— The the type of quarterback that you see succeed now in the year 2020. He's mobile. He's got a strong arm. He's good on the run. You know he can do a lot of great things. He will need some time. Unlike maybe a Tua or a Burrow, uh, obviously Tua with his medicals. But it's it's a lot. And the Dolphins, I'm I'm not envious of the situation Chris Greer's in. I'm not envious with all those draft picks. You know he went on the record today and said they have all the ammunition in the world to trade up if they have to. But whether or not they do that, it's yet to be determined. And they have a lot of big answers or big questions they need to figure out between now and April's draft. And again, I'm not envious of that. But what we do know is the Dolphins are most likely taking a quarterback. They are going to get that quarterback. And hopefully it's the quarterback that we've all been craving since, you know, back when Dan Marino retired in the year 2000. Hopefully the Dolphins finally have that guy that can push them over the edge. And, you know, maybe someday we're playing in an AFC championship game. We're playing in a Super Bowl like many of us have hoped for our entire lives.
3: Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.
1: For what it's worth Ben Albright reports that the Dolphins target is Tua Has been Tua and always will be Tua Of course depending on his medicals, right because that can just change any everything Which is completely reasonable, but doctors believe and they've been stating it publicly that he will be fully healthy Ready to go and will be throwing for teams in April before the draft House, what are your thoughts on Jordan love? I know he's very polarizing like if the Dolphins like let's say, right, imagine this, and we've talked about this before. Imagine the Dolphins are on the clock at five, two is on the board, and then you see this screen come up where the Dolphins traded out of the spot, down several spots. Someone up comes up, drafts Tua, Dolphins draft Jordan Love a few picks later. What would your reaction be?
2: Uh, I mean, it's gonna be a lot like you know, previous drafts where you have this guy in mind that you're expecting you' set on that guy and it just feels like he just got punched as hard as humanly possible, right in the gut, right in the face. I I don't know if I'd be able to handle it. I mean, I like Jordan Love and I'll be the first one to say, you know, I, I believe it's two at number one. I think he's my top quarterback. Then there's Burrow, then there's Herbert, and then there's Jordan Love. For me, I would rather have Jordan Love on the Dolphins than Justin Herbert. And I don't know if that's maybe, you know, just because I think that Jordan Love has a higher ceiling. I think what he can possibly become Is more than what Justin Herbert can. I think he has a higher ceiling. But if the Dolphins have a chance at Tua Tunga Vailoa and they trade out of that pick, I I would be devastated. I mean, as long as I've been following football, as long as I've been, you know, pretty hardcore into this draft and, you know, watching prospects and and getting excited heading into that April draft, there's never been a player that I wanted this team to draft more than Tua Tunga Vailoa. I know a lot of people talk about his injuries. I would rather try to be great and go out there and get a player like Tua. Than to pass on him and watch him go to another team and have success for the next 10, 15 years. I mean, we've seen that so many times before with the Miami Dolphins. I would rather them sit there and say, This is my guy, we are going to take him. And if all else fails, so be it. You know They have three first-round picks. If there's any team in the NFL that could trade up for him, it's the Dolphins. If there's any team in the NFL that has the ammunition or the resources to take a risk on a guy who, you know, he's been injured. You know, he has injury history. Everyone brings that up. You know, he's had the ankle injury. I think he has had a wrist injury. We know he's had a, a freaking hip injury that many people thought he might have to stop playing football altogether. They're going to know a lot about his injury history before that draft. But if he's sitting there at five and they pass on him, I'm going to be absolutely devastated. Again, if it's for Jordan Love, you know, they trade down, they get some more picks. A couple days later, you know, I can get behind that. I'll probably go out and buy his jersey no matter what because (laughs) I'm a sick individual. But I I would be devastated and heartbroken if the Dolphins pass on Tua. I'd be devastated and heartbroken if they didn't trade off for Tua, to be completely honest, because I do think that when healthy, Tua is every bit as good. He's in that same level as a Joe Burrow. And I think that that is just, you know, there's two elite quarterbacks, in my opinion, that you can build a team around that you can have faith in that, you know, these guys are going to be starters in the NFL at a very high level for the next 10 or so years. And I think that is Joe Burrow, and I think that's Tua Tonovalo. And again, if Tua is healthy, I think he has every bit of a case to be that number one pick. I, I mean, I would like to see where he would have gone, you know, if he did stay healthy because I, everyone says Joe Burrow won the Heisman. He probably was going to win the Heisman no matter what. But Tua was right there with him and on half, you know, he was on one leg when he they went out there and he put up better numbers against LSU in that head to head yeah. matchup. You know, quarterbacks don't play each other, but Tua looked above and beyond what Joe Burrow did in that game and he was on one ankle. He was about 75% and the guy can just make all the throws. I think he is the perfect fit for the Dolphins' offense. And I just hope that I can see that guy, you know, dropping back and throwing throwing some passes with that left arm because I I think, you know, as unique as that is, it just sums two up in in a nutshell. So I think he needs to be that pick. He's a guy I want to five, but if the Dolphins pass on him later down the road, I think I'll come to terms with it and I'll fully support whatever quarterback they decide to
1: to take. I think you put it in good terms. Like the next day I think we'd be okay with it, right, after we talk ourselves into it and kind of see the draft haul that they end up getting and the picks they end up making. But I think in that moment, it would be absolute misery if the Dolphins were to pass up on Tua I don't think that's going to happen unless the medicals come back bad, right? And another team wants to take a chance on him That's the only way I see it happening Dolphins are locked in on Tua Tonga-Vailoa, and if you're worried about that Don't be Just focus on the medicals and that's going to kind of pinpoint the roadmap from there and you know Jordan love I, I like a lot. He had a very impressive week of practices. He's very raw Patrick Mahomes comps all over him And uh, according to reports, I believe uh, the Miami Herald reported it. Maybe Adam Beasley that you know, um Jordan love was plan B. That's a completely fine plan B but If the Dolphins also fall in love with Jordan love through the uh, rest of the pre jab process They may decide hey, we have t- uh, two uh, 1A and Jordan Love 1B. And then they don't feel like they need to trade up because I do think if they want to with Tonga Vailoa, that they will need to trade up for him, that they will need to trade up to the three spot because I think the market for him is going to be off the charts, especially when you have the Chargers right behind the Dolphins and you got the Panthers who are looking for a quarterback, perhaps the Raiders, um, other teams in there as well who may be looking to upgrade and get that rookie quarterback going. So it's going to be a very interesting pre draft process. I'm looking forward to it all the chaos uh, the scouting combine is coming up in just a few weeks that's where the rumors really start to fly and of course you know we're going to have all the latest information for you here on Finsider Radio on the Finsider.com and then of course if you want to check out Pro Football Network all the latest information there as well it's going to be fascinating you know besides Herbert besides love besides Tua, besides burrow there's plenty of other draft prospects but let's face it the most select 2020 NFL draft will be about the quarterback position. So we're going to be talking a lot about quarterbacks over the next few months and we'll touch on the other positions as well. But I think that's where our focus needs to be right now, because without a quarterback, you're nothing right. It's very hard to win. And I know you could point to the 49ers this year and say, well, Kyle Shanahan, I believe I saw a stat where he's thrown like 72, uh, 19 passes and ran the ball 70 times, 72 times in the past few weeks. And people are saying, Oh, you don't need, a franchise quarterback for that. But the 49ers have a a elite defense defense that is out of this world and a three monster running attack. And it's just wild what they're doing with that team. But I think they're the exception, not the rule. And if you make a mistake on an offensive lineman, you could hide that. If you make a mistake on a quarterback, that's very hard to recover from unless it's like two, three years down the road.
2: Yeah, and let's not forget how many years they, you know, they went out there and they had very bad seasons. I think they picked in the top five for, you know, how many years in a row they were drafting top defensive prospects. That defense is amazing. And I think you could put any quarterback behind that offense, you know, handing the football off. I think Garoppolo threw the ball what eight times in that game. I mean, we yeah, make fun of Tannehill like for what he did. Garoppolo pretty much, <laughs> you know, took that to the next level. So with a great defense. And, you know, some no-name backs. I mean, Raheem Mostert, I mean, we know the Dolphins released him back in 2015. We know six other teams also released him. The guy put up four touchdowns in the NFC Championship game. I mean, so everyone that wants to draft a running back in the first round, maybe we pump the brakes on that. Right. Realize, you know, you need to build a good defense and a solid offensive line, but you definitely need to get that quarterback. And like you said, until the Dolphins find that quarterback, None of the other stuff truly matters because Ryan Fitzpatrick played great this year. He might play great again next year, but he's getting up there in age, and at some point, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to decide, you know, to hang up the cleats. And at that point, what do the Dolphins have? Uh, A Josh Rosen? That you know, the best thing Chris Greer could say about him in his press conference was. (laughs) <laughs> Josh, Josh is here. I think that was exactly what he said. Yeah, Josh is here. And that, that's about it. So I think if a team comes calling on draft day and maybe they see an opportunity to jump up a few spots and get rid of Josh Rosen, if they do draft a rookie quarterback, don't be surprised if that happens. But again, until you have a quarterback, I mean, you see the difference maker that Patrick Mahomes becomes. You said it best. I mean, if they go through this draft process and they say, OK, Jordan Love is, you know, 1B or 1A. All I care about, and as much as I like to, all I care about is that they say this is my guy and they do whatever it takes to make it happen. If you sit there and have a grade on two guys that you believe are equivalent, sit pat, sit pat and let the guy come to you. But if you believe Jordan Love is your guy and you feel like you need to move up or, or you know you trade back and then you move up again, whatever it is. If you think that that guy is your quarterback, you do whatever you can to make that happen. That's the way I see it. I I trust in Chris Greer. Maybe some people don't. I trust in you know Marvin Allen and Reggie McKenzie, as crazy as that might sound. I trust in those three guys to to do what's best for the Miami Dolphins. And that's what we got to do. We can't sit here and say, okay, we like this guy. Uh, The Dolphins are stupid for making that move. All that matters in the end is that they believe that that is their guy, and they do whatever they can to move up and make that happen.
1: I don't trust Chris Greer. I don't trust him. I Trust Marvin Allen. Like you said, he was there in Kansas City when they drafted Pat Mahomes. I trust Reggie McKenzie And I think you know those guys will help Chris Greer see a different kind of lens and who knows Maybe they're running the whole scouting show themselves, you know, Chris Greer is a general manager I think what people get confused about is the term general manager does not just refer to scouting college players right the general manager is essentially responsible for the entire football side of the organization. He's responsible for film, for uh, equipment, for anything that has to do with the product on the football field. He is totally responsible for, and everyone reports into him. So it's not where Chris Greer is sitting in an office watching tape all day. That's probably the furthest thing from the truth. That's why he brought in guys like Allen and McKenzie and other well-respected names within the scouting department to handle all that for him. And I actually prefer that much more then Chris Greer being the one responsible, because I think we've seen him make some questionable picks in the past. Charles Harris, for example, is one of them. And, and I think that you know having those smart people in the room will only help him be a better uh, general manager and help this team be better uh, in the short and the long term as well.
2: Yeah, and you mentioned how he uh, Marvin Allen had a... You know, he kind of built that Kansas City Chiefs team that we're kind of seeing right now. I think he was there between 2014 and 2017. But after that, he went to Buffalo. And you know what he did? He helped yeah. them draft Josh Allen. So those are two quarterbacks that, you know, a lot of teams would be happy to have as their starters, whether, whether you think Josh Allen can be. You know what Buffalo Bills fans think he can be is two different things, but he's a very good quarterback, and I think the Dolphins, given their situation, would be very pleased to have a Josh Allen. But again, they want more, and I kind of think that's where Justin Herbert kind of projects into that Josh Allen—much better accuracy, maybe not as mobile. But that's kind of where I see Justin Herbert's career headed. That's kind of why I believe Jordan Love—you know, he's he's raw, he needs time to develop. You know that offense did him no good. But you said it best—you know, he's getting comp to guys like. Patrick Mahomes and there will never be another Patrick Mahomes. I don't believe there will be anyway, but if you can get a guy that's even close to what Patrick Mahomes is, that's the kind of type of player that I want in Miami. And that's the kind of guy that's going to lead you to these playoff wins and and these championships. Not, not so much a, a Justin Herbert or Josh Allen in my opinion, but again, if you don't build everything around them, as we saw with Tennessee, you know, Ryan Tannehill almost got to the Super Bowl because they had an offensive line, they had a running game, and they had a defense. So yes, the Dolphins need a quarterback, but they also need to make sure they, they get an offensive line because Tua tone has injury concerns. You no, know, if he doesn't have an offensive line or he's going out there behind the same offensive line that Ryan Fitzpatrick worked wonders behind last season, he's not going to have success. You know, He's not going to have a, a long NFL career. So like Ben Albright reported, the Dolphins are going to draft offensive line. They're going to sign offensive line in free agency and I think they're going to you know, do it in groups. I don't think they're just going to go to free agency and they're going to you know, sign an offensive tackle. They're going to sign a couple players, I believe. And then maybe they head to the draft and get some young, an influx of younger players and rookies. So it's a process. But the Dolphins have all the ammunition in the world to see this process through. And Dolphin fans should be overly excited because this is the most important offseason in the history of this team. And uh, you just got to hope, like you said, Chris Greer and, and those guys in charge don't mess it up because if they do, it's going to set us back for many years.
1: Speaking of Ryan Tannehill, what were your thoughts on him playing in that championship game? I felt like I had conflicted feelings. Just imagine Ryan Tannehill in Hard Rock Stadium next Sunday, raising that Lombardi trophy at midfield in the very stadium that he grew up in as an NFL player, in the very stadium where he was crapped on by fans, by coaches, who failed him throughout his career. Yes, Tannehill is now all of a sudden some magical superstar Tannehill is more or less the same quarterback he's always been it's just that the Tennessee Titans had everything perfectly around him you take Derrick Henry out of that offense and you're getting the same Ryan Tannehill that you got in Miami let's not fool ourselves here but I think there's something to be said about the fact that the way the Titans built their roster not specifically for Ryan Tannehill but to compensate for any quarterback that came in there who was just a game manager, but would able, be able to thrive and survive and lead that team to wherever they need to be led, right? If you put the ball in Ryan Tannehill's hands and you tell him to go win a game, that's not who he is. If you tell him to manage the game and to do everything in the system that you're asking him to do the perfect way, he's going to do it for you. And that's exactly what he did with for the Tennessee Titans this year. Now, the Chiefs stopped Henry. They limited him as much as they could. And that forced Ryan Tannehill to throw the football. We all saw what happened, which was the same thing that happened in Miami. But let's not fool ourselves either. Again, the Dolphins failed Ryan Tannehill by, and I know they tried to address the offensive line ad nausea, but they drafted terrible in that respect. And they didn't protect him. They didn't build a team around him. And they didn't give the paying consumer and the fans the best possible product on the field that's where that's where they fell short and that's what they should be remembered by when you talk about Ryan Tannehill having success in Tennessee
2: yeah I mean I agree with everything you said and I was definitely conflicted because you like Ryan Tannehill you know we supported him for seven years you know blindly and then they never brought in competition. I do think that was kind of the biggest thing yeah. there in Tennessee. You know, he, was, he rode the bench for a little bit, and he kind of realized what he had to do to beat out Mariota. You know, Mariota looked bad. So, I mean, for him to eventually get that opportunity, I think we all kind of saw that. But you're right. He went into a position where the offensive line was great. They, they had arguably the best running back in football last year, definitely down the stretch and Derrick Henry. I mean, the guy was rushing for 180 plus yards in three consecutive games in the playoffs or leading into the playoffs, so it's hard to lose a game when when that's happening and or you even have that kind of a, a weapon in your backfield because from there, then you use that play action and that's kind of what Ryan Tannehill was so good at here in Miami. But again, I think the Dolphins failed him. They never built an offensive line around him. He had some solid weapons on the outside, but again, it wasn't anything like he has in Tennessee. He definitely never had a running back like, yeah, in Tennessee, unless you're looking at J.J. in 2016, which I mean, the Dolphins were headed to the playoffs under Ryan Tannehill until he took that Calais Campbell hit to the knee. So yeah. I think the biggest thing was the competition, but I was definitely conflicted. And I mean, if if it wasn't going to be played in Miami, I don't think I would have had nearly as many issues with it. But the fact right. that he had the potential to come home to Miami a few <laughs> less than a year after the Dolphins traded him away. The Dolphins paid most of his salary this entire year. So, I mean, I felt great watching him go out there and beat, you know, he he beat the Patriots and then he beat the the Ravens. And, you know, he didn't win those games, but he's the reason that the Titans got to the playoffs. And no one can discredit him for that, but he didn't really have those games in the playoffs to to. Pick up his team or or lift them over them. It was pretty much Derrick Henry, but I did not want to see Ryan Tannehill back at Hard Rock Stadium in the Super Bowl lifting up that Lombardi. And maybe that's selfish to say, but I know a lot of fans were upset that I that I mentioned that. I know a lot of fans, you know. They wanted to see Ryan Tannehill this season win a, a Super Bowl, but I had no interest in that. I much rather would have seen Andy Reid. I think Andy Reed's probably the best head coach, uh, aside from, you know, Bill Belichick and some of those other guys that we've seen in our lifetime. I think Andy Reid deserves that Super Bowl. I think when all is said and done, Patrick Mahomes is going to be one of, if not the best quarterback in the history of the NFL. And that's the reason I'm rooting for the Chiefs. So, I mean, it's nothing against Ryan Tanhill, but I would have been devastated to see him come back home to Miami and lift up that Lombardi on our soil less than a year after the Dolphins just got rid of him.
1: The storylines leading up to that would have been absolutely insane. Just the media hype around Ryan Tannehill returning to Miami. That would have been crazy.
2: Yeah, and, Anything. you know, it's, yeah, go it's not going to be the same for Matt Moore. And, you know, Matt Moore's coming back, and I think yeah. Chad Henney's still in the Chiefs, and Damian Williams is one of those undrafted free agents that, you know, is going out there and, and making plays. And we mentioned Raheem Master, but, you know, the homecoming that Ryan Tannehill would have got from the media at least. And that's, I, I don't know, maybe that's part of the reason I didn't want to see it, because that's all you would have heard leading heard up. About. All you would have heard, and and that yeah. I d- had no interest in because it just rubbing salt in the wound of all those guys, all those fans, you know, that rooted for Ryan Tannehill all those years. You know, he never got him to the playoff. Well, maybe 2016, if you consider that they they got to the playoffs that year, they got balanced right away. But it would have been just heartbreaking to see Ryan Tannehill at a podium talking about his time in Miami again a year after <laughs> it happened. So, uh, I I'm happy for guys like Damien Williams and Matt Moore, and you know. Uh, Chad Henney, but it's nowhere near the same type of homecoming that Orion Ryan Tannehill would have had
1: You're absolutely correct Any last thoughts on the quarterbacks from the senior ball house before we wrap up the show?
2: No, I mean, I think we nailed it. I think the Dolphins have narrowed it down by many accounts to those three guys. I I don't know how much Herbert's in play, but I do think it comes down to to Tua Tungvalu and Jordan Love. And, you know, I don't think a senior bowl is going to sway them one way or the other, but an interview will and Tua's medicals will. So we got a long few months left in this whole process. We got to remember the freaking free agency's coming up on March 18th. You know, that's the first step of all of this. So, we can sit here, we can speculate and we're going to argue on Twitter, you know, every day between now and the draft on who's, who's the guy, you know, some people want to trade up. Some people don't, some people like to us. Some people don't, it's going to be very, you know, uh, tiring and we're going to sit here and we're going to have to deal with it for the next three months. But just remember free agency has yet to happen. You know, the dolphins could make some trades, you know, there's lots of pre-draft stuff that we don't even see that's going to happen between now and the draft. So just sit tight Don't believe anything that you hear unless it comes from Pro Football Network and and Ben Albright and Tony Pauline (laughs) and yourself, because there's so much smoke out there and it's so hard to decide what to believe and what not to believe. But I do think, you know, when all is said and done, Tua Tungvaluwa is their target, Jordan Love is their plan B, and maybe just maybe Justin Herbert sneaks his way into that. But lots of time, lots of, you know, uncertainty still surrounding what could happen between now and the draft that everyone just needs to sit tight. And, and just let it play out because, again, it's the most important offseason in Miami Dolphin history, and getting that quarterback is at the top of that priority list.
1: The road to the 2020 NFL Draft continues. Scouting Combine is next before the Senior Bowl game on Saturday, and then, as you mentioned, how it's free agency begins. We'll have you covered here with the very latest on FinSider Radio. We'll be following all the latest updates, all the pro days, all of the rumors, all of the reports, all of the news. Be sure to stay with us. Here every week as we bring you the latest on the Finsider.com and here on Finsider Radio. For Joshua Houts, I am Matt Canada.
3: Cause we're the Miami Dolphins